0: A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Hello everyone and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Aaron Royer. The two questions this week are about what to do about a two and a half year old who seems to be obsessed with cartoons. The second is about how to guide young girls into choosing positive friendships. So two really interesting topics. I'm a little late getting this episode out this week since our kids are on fall break. Does anyone else's kids have this much time off? I swear they just started back to school and barely got through the initial testing. Last week, my kids were off for a full day and then had two half days. Now they're off this entire week. So we haven't been to Disneyland in about two years, so we decided it was time to take them back again. We only did one day at the parks, but went down the afternoon before so we could already be close by at open and then stay until close and not have to drive back home the two-hour drive afterwards. So... That took up part of my week and the reason that I didn't get this episode out a little earlier. What's funny is my youngest son was pooped out by 7 p.m. And honestly, so was I. We had a fast pass for one more ride, the Radiator Springs car race ride. So we got him through that and then he was just ready to go. So I took him back to our room while the other three in our family stayed. And I was glad because I was so Tired. I just think I'm getting too old to do the theme park thing all day long. But anyway, for the questions. The first question is from Alex who says, Hi Erin, I've been listening to your podcast since my daughter was born, and I have found the information you provide to be so useful. I want to thank you for all the great content. My degree is in child development, but even so, there are so many times I find myself completely stuck at what to do, and love having you to refer back to for advice. That being said, I'm once again in a situation which I have no idea what to do. I'm currently 30 weeks pregnant, and at the beginning of my pregnancy, I was very sick. Due to this, my two-year-old was introduced to cartoons for the first time. I ended up allowing her to watch cartoons way more than recommended, and definitely more than I was comfortable with, out of desperation to get through morning sickness, Once I was no longer sick, we cut cartoons cold turkey. We stopped allowing them at all for several weeks, and it was almost as if she had to learn how to play again. She had many meltdowns a day for about a week straight, but eventually was able to entertain herself again. She plays great independently and can keep herself entertained for hours on many days. However, I believe I made a mistake by slowly allowing the cartoons again. On average, she watches 20 minutes a day, one episode, but we also have many days she watches none. However, from the second she wakes up in the morning, she is asking to watch cartoons. She has become completely obsessed. She will say, I want to watch cartoons over and over and over. I will tell her once that we're not watching cartoons right now because we're doing whatever it is that we're doing. And then I ignore her continued request. I try to distract her, give her other options, or get her out of the house. But anytime there's a lull on activity, or sometimes even in the middle of an activity, she begins asking. It's driving me crazy. Each time I make a suggestion of something else to do, she'll start screaming at the top of her lungs and ends up throwing a complete fit. I would say this is happening five to ten times per day for the past three to four months. It is really wearing on me. I am unsure if I should cut them out completely as this made her completely obsessed or if I should make them a part of her routine so she knows when we watch them and when we don't. I hate to make them an everyday thing because it's not necessarily something I want her doing daily. The baby I'm pregnant with is going to have some special needs that are going to be very time consuming, so I'm worried about falling into the habit of allowing her to watch more than is healthy for her. Any suggestions on how to help with the obsession? I'm at a complete loss of what to do. So I'm going to get to a couple of different ways to handle this, so you can choose one that you think will work best for your family and your situation, Or just to have another option if the first one that you choose doesn't work as well as you would have hoped. But first, I want to cover a concept that can be very helpful to understand when it comes to shaping behavior. And that term is operant conditioning. Operant conditioning is a way of shaping behavior through a system of rewards and or Punishments for Given Behaviors. The basic concept is from Psychology 101 and has a very practical and important application to human behavior and therefore parenting sometimes parents end up working against their and their child's best interest unknowingly. So I'm going to cover some basic information on how operant conditioning works as well as how it applies to shaping children's behaviors. Now I personally find all of this fascinating but not everyone does. Hopefully you'll find it interesting enough so you can see how you may use it to your advantage and stay away from making the mistakes that work against everyone's best interest when it comes to shaping behaviors. I also need to alert everyone that since this is just a verbal description, it may be a little hard to grasp and visualize, but I'll do my best to talk slowly and describe it as well as I can. Now, I do cover this concept in depth with visuals in the intro to discipline class. So if you find this concept interesting, you want to know more about it or just find it hard to follow from the verbal description only, I strongly recommend checking out that class Intro to Discipline on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the discipline the section. So when it comes to operant conditioning, it is important to have a basic understanding of schedules of reinforcement. A schedule of reinforcement is basically how often you positively reinforce a behavior. These differing schedules of reinforcement produce different results. So for each of these, I'm going to use the classic example of a pigeon pecking a lever for a pellet of food. Before you get all glassy-eyed and wonder why in the world I'm talking about pigeons in a science experiment, I promise it's a good example of how this behavior works and how some parents can unknowingly increase behaviors that they don't want to see. So please hang with me. The first schedule of reinforcement is called a fixed ratio schedule. This is a schedule of reinforcement where a response is reinforced only after a specific number of responses. Bear with me. This schedule produces a steady state of response with only a brief pause after the delivery of the reinforcer. I know that sounds like a lot. sounds complicated. I'm going to break this down. Okay, you can set a fixed ratio at whatever number you want. So a fixed ratio one schedule or FR1 means you give a reinforcement. And in the case of the pigeon, the pigeon gets a pellet of food for every time they peck the lever. If it's a fixed ratio 10 or FR10, he gets a pellet after every 10th peck. If it's an FR3, after every third peck. So you get the idea. So the bird will peck until he gets the pellet, briefly pause to enjoy, and then go back to pecking for the next pellet. So for an FR1 or pellet for every peck, he pecks, pauses to eat, enjoys for a moment. If it's an FR10, he pecks quickly 10 times. Peck, 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 peck. I don't know if that was 10 times. Until he gets the pellet pauses to eat, then pecks 10 more times, peck, 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 until he gets the next pellet. So you can see he's just working for that pellet. He knows when it's coming, going to peck away, gets the pellet, takes a moment to enjoy and eat, and then goes right back to pecking for the next pellet. So if you see this in a graph, which represents the behavior, in this case, it's the number of pecks, it sort of looks like stairs, but where the upward rise is on the diagonal rather than on the vertical. So it's a diagonal. Then the pause is the vertical part of the stair. So you'll see this peck on diagonals, peck, 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 peck. And then the stair is where they pause, peck, 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 peck. The diagonal stair is the step, is the pause. So the steady state response is the pecking evenly until it gets the pellet, which is the reinforcer for the behavior of pecking. So if your child asks for a cookie every time they ask, or every third time they ask, this is a fixed ratio schedule. Might look like this. May I have a cookie? Yes. You give the cookie. They hopefully say thank you. They take a break to enjoy. And then, may I have a cookie? Yes. etc. On and on. Ask for the cookie, get the cookie. Ask for the cookie, get the cookie. If you give your child a cookie for every third time, they'll go through the dance of asking the three times to get the reward, or the enforcer, of the cookie. May I have a cookie? No. May I have a cookie? No. May I have a cookie? Yes. Eat the cookie, enjoy, and then the cycle starts over. Now, parents never use a fixed ratio schedule. That's silly. We use a variable ratio schedule. With a variable ratio schedule, a response is reinforced after an unpredictable number of responses. May I have a cookie? No. May I have a cookie? No. May I have a cookie? No. May I have a cookie? cookie? no i want a cookie fine take the darn cookie just stop asking me but guess what a variable ratio response is highly addictive it's exciting because you never know when you're going to win and the worse you are at this the more and harder your little cookie addict or the get out of bed for attention addict is going to work for that next reward a perfect example of this is slot machines You never know when you're going to score or when you're going to win. So this results in a high steady response rate. When it comes to your child, if you give in after saying no, however many times it may be, the next time your child will work even harder to get to the yes. The more this happens, the more you increase what we call the extinction rate curve if you ever do decide okay we have to put a stop to this now i've seen this happen with parents especially who try to sleep train and give up halfway through the next time it just makes it harder they keep putting their kid back to bed putting their kid back to bed putting their kid back to bed finally they break down and just yell at the kid or give some kind of attention give in to the back rub or whatever it is the next time going through that process of getting the kid to stay in bed gets harder and harder They taught their child to just work harder and that I will eventually reward you with what you want. They taught their child that no means yes, eventually, if you keep bugging me for it. So I'm not saying this is what has happened with the cartoons. It may be, but it's something to be aware of for Alex and for any other parents who might recognize themselves in this behavior pattern. So when it comes to the cartoons, I see two options here. The first is you can have a scheduled time each day for screen time, 4 p.m., 5 p.m., noon, whatever you choose, and when it's done, it's done. If you go this route, I would also recommend only going with educational content. I don't know if your cartoons are educational, but if they're not, I would recommend going that route. Sesame Street, Blue's Clues, Dora, things like that. Slow-paced, longer cuts. Educational content. It is a lot less addictive than the faster paced non educational shows that have actually also been shown to cause attention problems later on in elementary school, not ADHD or ADD. There is no correlation between the faster cut screen times and and a diagnosis of ADHD or ADD. There's only a correlation between the hours of fast cut non-educational programming, and the ability for a child to sit still and focus in school unrelated to any ADD diagnosis. The other option is to quit cold turkey. I have done this with my kids when they ask for screen time too much. We usually do a little screen time after homework and after school activities for them to relax and have fun if they like. They're well aware of the schedule. They know when in the day it's coming, so when they wake up and start asking at 8 a.m. if they can watch TV or play on the tablet for too many days in a row, I have given a warning and said, you need to stop asking or you're not going to be able to watch for a month. And then if they've asked again, I have taken it away for an entire month so they can figure out other ways to play and entertain themselves without needing a screen in front of them. This is an insidious thing. It does seem to get in there and then they just seem to want it more and more and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. parenting to get your code for 15% off your order, because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. The next question is from Esther, who asks, Hi, Erin. My daughter is almost six. Her birthday is late October. She's a fun-loving, happy child. However, lately, she's been more bratty and mean, for lack of a better word. She's been this way towards us, her brother, and even some of her friends. I have noticed she is attracted to girls that are less kind and down-to-earth. Again, lack of better words. But I don't know if that's stemming from her or what. My question is how to handle it. I've been having talks about treating others the way we want to be treated. I've been encouraging sharing and kind words. I praised any and all positive efforts she's made. But I'm wondering if I'm missing anything since she's been pretty worrisome. Help. Any and all tips would be so helpful i'm also wondering if it's an age stage thing my children know my motto is our family is nice to each other and others and this is very important to me oh boy girls and friendships this is an interesting topic for sure so first i'm going to cover the common dynamics of friendships in the elementary years so it's not a surprise and parents can be prepared when things happen to know if they're normal or not In the elementary school years, this is ages 5 to 10, kids have serial best friends, and they socialize in small groups. This can mean exclusion is par for the course. There may be many hurt feelings over being excluded from play or parties, When resolving conflicts, boys tend to be more physical while girls tend to be more verbal. This verbal struggle can sometimes mean name-calling and other less than favorable methods. Now, neither the physical nor the verbal, uh, these kinds of rudeness or hurting other people Are to be accepted but just know that they're normal we need to work with any child who's showing any kind of aggression verbal or physical to find better ways to resolve conflict i share this because i want to just let parents know that the constant shuffling of friendships and exclusion is a normal part of this time period of growing for both boys and girls Now when it's problematic is when a group of girls excludes another one, a single someone out and saying things such as, you can't sit with us, you smell, or any other overly rude or purposefully mean comments, you can't come to my party because I don't like you anymore. Friends will switch around and change and will get invited to parties and not get invited to parties, but it's when it's pinpointed and specifically mean that it's a problem One week, two girls are inseparable, and the next week, one or both are on to other friendships. This is normal. If one is hurt that the other has moved on, we help our daughter by letting her know that changing friendships are common and that it would be best if she could find another friend to spend her time and energy connecting with. Perhaps... This friend will come back around, but not to expect or dwell on it. Now, we had an issue with this last year with my daughter. It was a group of three, and three is always really difficult to manage. There was one girl who was a fourth girl, actually, who was trying to pull the other two away from my daughter, and for whatever reason, was being very mean to my daughter, this fourth girl. And she was getting the other two on her side at times, and they would run away from her at the playground, and we had to work on this for a couple of weeks. Now, what I ended up doing was actually talking to the moms of the other two girls because I did know them fairly well, and this helped a lot because those moms talked to their daughters, and we had to have a couple of different talks with the other girls and with my daughter to kind of work this out. In the end, it did all work out, and the friendships did stay intact, but there were a couple of weeks that were extremely difficult on my daughter, and she was very sad and really struggling with this. But luckily, I was friends with these other two moms and was able to alert them as to what was going on. I'm not friends with the mom of the girl who was being mean to my daughter. So that one, I just kind of had to let it work itself out. Um, There are several things we can do to help our daughters learn to recognize and gravitate towards positive friendships. We want to model positive friendships ourselves. Talk about your girlfriends, what you like about them what you enjoy doing together, how they support you. Now, obviously, this is more geared towards moms and their daughters, so moms with your girlfriends. And you can have male friends, too. I'm not saying women can't have male friends, but when we're talking about these types of girl and girl friendships, obviously, we want to emphasize our female friends and what is special about them what we connect with them on how they support us how they're available for us when we need someone to talk to or any other number of things that we enjoy about our female friendships if you can do an outing with your girlfriends and their daughters that's a great opportunity for our daughters to see our friendships in action Now, I didn't have girlfriends where I live now for the longest time. My twins were in preschool, I was busy working on all the classes on the website that would eventually go up and go live, and I didn't get out much with three really small kids. Now, luckily, in the past two years, I've met some great women. I've been out working out, I've been more involved in my daughter and my other kids at school, and meeting some of the moms. Now, three of these moms, who are actually the moms of my daughter's Cub Scout Den, All four of us get along really well, and the girls all do pretty well together too. Now, my daughter and our den leader's daughter were best friends until they recently moved away. So there is that shift in friendships I'm talking about because of one child moving away. So there's gonna be some shifts in my daughter's friendships. Now, Taylor is still getting a feel for who she will connect with to be her next best friend. And these are those hard lessons. Now, she and her best friend, Allison, still FaceTime a couple times a week. But that friendship will most likely eventually fade out or lessen quite a bit with the distance because Allison has moved um, quite a far way way away, about 2,500 miles. She's in Louisiana now. You want to talk about friendship. What makes a good friend? What are things that people do that might make you realize they might not be a good choice for friendship? You can read books about friendship like Owen and Mazzee, The True Story of a Remarkable Friendship. Also, another good book is called Strictly No Elephants. Then talk about what you read and what makes a good friend. If your daughter is engaging with friends who don't exhibit those characteristics, you can point them out. Does Ellie help you out when you need it? Does she stick up for you? Then if your daughter has friends who are more helpful, you want to mention that friend. What about Dina? Does she help you out or stick up for you? It sounds like Dina is a good friend. Now, I've created a list of about 15 books about friendship that you can download from this podcast episode page at yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash friendship. Again, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash friendship, so you can print it out and find some books to read with your kids about friendship, making friends, being a good friend, and keeping friends, and what good, solid, positive friendships look like. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.